0: So that I can show you where the where the Slavic society extended to. Okay. Okay. So this is a Google Map. It's very uh, very useful. So kind of like. Basically, in the history of humanity, the most prominent societies from which uh, most knowledge of art and science came from was the Vedic Society and the Persian Society, Okay, what is known as today as Iran. We won't go into the politics of it, but... So basically, the Vedic Society began here. This is the Khyber Pass. It's a whole series of mountains that borders Afghanistan and Pakistan. And the Persian society was here, a little bit more here, like that. And the Vedic society began from here, with Pakistan, India, Sri Lanka, Nepal, Bhutan, Bangladesh, Burma. For example, Burma is very interesting, because one of the main deities in the Vedic society was Vishnu with Vishnu, Krishna, Vishnu. And the biggest temple in the world of Vishnu is here in Burma. You can find it. Yes, I can... Anyway, it will take a long time if I start showing you on the pictures. But Burma, Laos, Thailand. Thailand uh, its the uh, Chiamese society. The original name of Thailand is Shiam, which is Sham, black, dark. So, Vietnam, Cambodia, Malaysia. Malaysia in the Vedic times was known for its sandalwood plantations. Okay, so for example, if you read textbooks, Malaysia is called Malaya, and a very famous phrase is, in the Vedic textbook is Malaya Chandanam, which means sandalwood that comes from Malaya, from Malaysia. Of course, when the British invaded <coughs> and took over Malaysia, they cut off all the sandalwood trees and they put rubber trees. So Malaysia is right now known well, for its rubber trees. Okay. Singapore. Oh. The word Singapore is very interesting. You know, we have a deity, Narasimha deity, Narasimha, or Narasimha, which means half man, half lion. The word Simha means lion. So actually Singapore is Simhapura. It's the place of lions, meaning the people that lived here were very fierce. Okay? Or very strong. Then you have got Indonesia, Jakarta, up to Bali. I don't know where Bali is, but it must be somewhere here. Okay? So this is where the Vedic society extended to. Okay? A society that Follow the teachings of the Vedas. And this society developed extreme, a lot of they, they developed very much into the arts and sciences. Okay? One of those sciences is yoga, and one of those sciences is Ayurveda. Okay? But both yoga and Ayurveda are based on Sankhya philosophy. Which is, you could say, the cosmological perspective of the Vedic societies, how they viewed the cosmology. Okay? So now, in order to understand, why am I telling you all this? Because in order to understand the Ayurvedic body types of Vata, Pitta, Kapha, we have to understand a little bit of Samkhya. Sankhya philosophy. So for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to try to attempt to explain Sankhya, okay? So Sankhya is basically the perspective, the Vedic perspective of how the universe works, how cosmology works. And you will find a lot of similarities between the Sankhya the proposals that Sankhya offers, and also physics. Of course, a, dif- a key difference is this, that the rishis, the sages, that propounded the systems of philosophy, they did solely based on their observation and intuition. Okay? And if you believe in God, then there is revelation. But objectively speaking, they would observe they connect with a higher source of knowledge, and then they would write down these principles, okay? Yoga, Ayurveda, was like that. So, Sankhya philosophy proposes the following, that the basis of, of matter, the strictly of matter, is vibration, is sound vibration, okay? In Sanskrit, you call that akasha, okay? Akasha is translated as ether. And ether, you perceive it, your sense perceives ether as sound. Ether contains sound. So, as sound vibrates, the vibration of sound, the effect of the vibration of sound gives rise to what in Sanskrit they call vayu, which means air. And air is perceived through sound and touch. So, value or air, and the English word air is not really complete, that's why I'm using the, the uh, Sanskrit word. Value contains sound and touch. Okay? So, when sound and touch express itself to its topmost uh, expression, you get. The third element called Agni, which is translated as fire. And fire uh, Agni contains sound, touch, and sight. Because there is light here. In physical terms, in physics, Akasha, you call a spatial energy the energy of space, okay? If you study physics, you would be familiar with this term. Value is gaseous energy. Agni or fire would be radiant energy. Okay. We're able to see, right now we're able to see because these light bulbs have got a lot of radiant energy. It's radiant energy that allows you know, your sense of sight to perceive what is going on. Okay. The fourth element is APA, or yeah, APA or jala. That's the most common thing. which means it's translated as water and water has got sound touch sight and taste and in physics you would call this liquid energy and the fifth element Okay. It's called Bhumi. Sometimes it's called too. which means earth. And earth has got has got sound, touch, sight, taste, and smell. And in physics, you would call this solid energy. So if you studied Ayurveda, if you studied any yogic philosophy you would see how these are called, this is the theory of the five great elements in Sanskrit you call, I won't write it, it's called the Pancha Mahaputta. Okay, so why is this? So, Sanskrit philosophy states that matter is nothing but a combination of these five energies, so anything, anything, so this is how the Sankhya sages would see things or this is how the yogis would see it, for example, they take an object like this, and they say, okay, this has got so much akasha, which means this pillow takes so much space, okay, and has got so much value, has got a lot of value because it's very light. Okay? Has got a lot of agony because if I put up a match here, it would set on fire very easily. Not so much water. A little bit, not too much. And boomy, okay, solid, but not that much. But imagine if I am holding. I used to give seminars, I used to have one like this, just like this, but just simply made of marble. Imagine a shape like this, but made of marble or stone. So, yes, it's got ether, it doesn't have so much air because it's heavy. Some agony because if you put fire, the radiant energy would come out, make it hot. Very little. Water and a lot of earth, very solid. Okay. So anything, the Vedic sages, the Rishis, the Vedic sages, the Rishis, their perception, their perception of matter, was based on these five elements. But it's very interesting, because they viewed ether or akasha as the primary element, as the basis of faith. So sound vibration is what gave rise to all this. So in their thinking, or in their perception, or in their revelation, they thought, okay, what if we change the sound vibration of a particular object, it will affect all of this. Hence the theory of mantras. That's actually what mantra originated from. So our bodies are also uh, comprised of these five elements. So my body has got so much ether, has got so much air, has got so much acne, so much jala, so much boom. So if I chant a specific mantra, if I alter the sound of my body, I can actually alter this element. So if you read, for example, the fourth chapter of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, Patanjali talks about yogis flying. Yoga is becoming very small, or very big. Yoga is becoming, how you call that? When you can walk through the wall. Invisible. No. Incorporable. Incorporable. Yoga is becoming incorporeal, because through different mantras, through different vibrations, they could alter these elements. So if I chant a particular mantra, I reduce the amount of earth that my body has got I increase the air and I can fly. Not me. That's a thing. So if you read Patanjali Yoga Sutra you will find in the fourth chapter there's a lot of descriptions about that. And if you read other yogic literature you will find a lot of it. And it's a, I mean there is some basis there. I've personally seen when I was traveling in India this person he would chant at that time we were learning how to do homas, how to do fire rituals, you know, you sit down and then you chant mantras and then you offer gi to some sacred wood depending on the time of the moon, etc, etc, etc. i in situations where I've seen this person come, sits down and goes again, But starts chanting, 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 and a fire starts, you know, without any match. I remember me and my friends would go, you know, before the person came, we would check the, the wood, you know. Is there something here, some kerosene or <laughs> 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 something. We couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And then we told this person, we asked him, actually. I asked him. He said, I said, can you teach us how to do this? you really cool, you know. Just like fires, can you sit So forty years, and you have to be selling it. We do so much better. So you'll find a lot of like when we when we spoke to him. He said, yeah, I know people that levitate. You know, Radhanath Swami one of our spiritual masters in the Hare Krishna movement, he wrote a book. I recommend you to read it. It's called The Journey Home. Journey Home. The Journey Home. Where he, in the 60s, he went through the he went on land, hitchhiking from Europe to, yeah. to India. And he crossed the Khyber Pass and all that. He went up to the Himalayas. And he tells a story how when he was sitting there with some yogis in the Himalayas, some of them were just levitating and eating, kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and when we asked this person at all, remember we asked you know, him, how, how do you do this? He said, it's a science. It's nothing mystical about it. It's a science. So it's a particular sound vibration if you repeat it a million, million times. He okay, said 10 million. Then your cell structure begins, begins to change. It's not a big deal, you just have to do it. It 34 years. <laughs> but if you start when you are 5, then you are ahead. <laughs> so this is the theory of Sankhya. <coughs> okay. Any questions about this? Because now I'm going to go into Ayurveda. <coughs> okay. So. So all of our bodies is made of these five elements. Everything in this world is made of these five, five elements. So when your body has got prominence, has got air, ether and air, Akasha and Vayu, as its prominent, you are categorized under avata person. Vata people are those who have got air air and ether, very prominent in their bodies, and that expresses itself in their physical body. You'll go through it, okay? When in your body you have got fire and water as prominent, then you are what you call a Vata person. And when in your body, you have got water and earth prominent to this okay. So this is your map, kind So let's talk a little bit about food. Okay. So food is also comprised of all these five elements. So when, um, when something has got a lot of air, a lot of value, when a food, when an ingredient has got a lot of value, a lot of air, then it would be vata increasing. Okay? So for example, think about, let's do a little bit of thinking. What foods has got a lot of air? Try. Try. Come on, what 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 food has got a lot of hair? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Really? laughs> Bread. <laughs> okay. Beans, for example. What happens when you say beans?
0: What happens when you say beans? <laughs> 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 So, Still, it gives you, huh? <laughs> yes. even if you soak it, even if you boil it with ginger and turmeric. At least,
2: then cabbage.
0: intrinsically, beans have got a lot of air. That's why when you take it, and if you don't combine it with other foodstuff, it gives you gas. But what else?
2: Cabbage. Very good. What else?
0: Broccoli. Very good. What else? It's <laughs> like, makes me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's what me? What else? what else what else when you take it gives you gas it blocks
1: you brussels sprouts
0: so so you understand now how how this matters into it if you how you call it if you take food stuff that has got a lot of air it increases your butter so, if you're a vata person, they recommend don't take beans, don't take broccoli, don't take all these things because you, are already, you already have got a lot of vata. Light like increases life. You're to get more of mm-hmm. that.
1: So, no lentils. If
0: okay, we're well, going to go more in detail. This is not the final thing, I'm just making a point. Okay, so what foodstuff has got a lot of fire? Spicy. What? Chili. Chili. what else? Pepper. Pepper, what else? Ginger. Got what it. else? Huh? Onion. Okay. Yeah, what else? Turmeric. No, turmeric is bitter actually. It's not, yeah, it's not spice. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Cinnamon, very good. What else? Come and think, what's hot? What makes your body hot? Clothes. Okay. So, as a principle so check check this as a principle right Food stuff they get their prana they get their energy from three sources from the sun from the earth and from water so any vegetable okay obtains it's basically it, any vegetable is a combination of energy prana that comes from the Ground from the soil, from the earth that comes from the water that you put in or that it rains and that comes from the sun through the process of photosynthesis right so this is not absolute but as a general rule okay foods vegetables that actually are red is because they have absorbed a lot of sun energy. So therefore they are considered heating. So tomatoes, Beetroots. Huh? Berries as well? Berries, yes, I consider heating. Uh, but we will go into more detail about this. Don't, don't, don't already make decisions what to eat or not to eat. <laughs> I will
1: won't you I won't the
0: berries. <laughs> We're just establishing principles. Carrot, you know? So, in Ayurvedic, if you are a pita person, they tell you not to eat too much of that stuff. Because again, you already have got pita, you already have got fire inside of you, you don't want to increase the fire. Let alone chilies and other stuff that is hot. Okay? Greens, have got the right amount of of heat, of solar, of so greens are very good for people So America, it's a very pita country. You know, so that, and they eat a lot of junk food. So that's why at one point in the 90s, they all went crazy on greens. Everything is green. You make a smoothie, make it green. You make a soup, green. Ah, green, green, green. That's, there's a lot of chlorophyll in there. But as a principle, it's very good for. For the kaffas it's tougher.
2: Sorry, what about in the water? Like isn't it made of
1: both?
0: Yeah, sure. So there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of ve- vegetables and fruits that are very rich in water. What's rich in water?
1: Watermelon.
0: Okay, good watermelon. <coughs> <Cucumbers. laughs> good cucumbers. what well, else? C- huh? Celery. Celery is okay, yeah. I Me- but what else is very rich is like oh, no the squashes are rich in the water. You know? Winter melon, zucchini are all rich. So if you're a pita person, you if I, I just it. give you a cucumber salad, you'll get angry. <laughs> and it won't fill you up, it won't satisfy you, you understand? Yeah, okay. So anyway later on we'll talk more in detail about the diet. I'm just establishing a point here. Okay. And then of course uh, there are foods that are rich in earth that are very solid, all the grains, all the legumes, you know, rice, wheat, corn, etc. etc. They're very solid. So they are kaffa interesting. Okay, so you can divide again, I'm just being generic so that I can make this point. So you can divide because you're born with a particular body type, then you're going to see that your particular body reacts to particular foods, very specifically. So let's, I'll give you an example. Who here is a Vata person? You can send us the test. <laughs> 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 yeah, this. Vata. If you eat just fruits and a salad for breakfast, how do you feel? Just tell me then you're not really right. alive. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit hungry still though. Usually, vatas when they eat just fruits, mm-hmm. they become very bloated and they even become nauseous. That's yeah, there's not really a vata here. Uh, what is Nick? Nick is gone. There's no batta But fruit for pitas is very good, actually. A pita can have a nice uh, fruit salad in the morning, and they're fine. Kafas. It's too cold for them. they will react. You know, cafes is a bit fast. On yeah. breakfast. Okay. But for example, oh. Have you ever gone on a fruit fast? A fruit fast? Yeah. No. Or a juice fast? I've done a juice fast. How did you feel? Uh juice
1: fast were really hard for me. It's just like I felt I feel like a juice fast is harder for me than just a regular. Okay. Uh, not for any particular reason, I was just for reason. So I would presume you are Vata, Pitta, pita
0: Vata. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, you know? a, that's
0: what I kind of said
1: last, when I was like long time ago. Assessed. It was like Vata with a bit of fire.
0: Yeah, I would presume Vata, pita. Yeah. Because Vatas, for example, if they do a, a juice fast or just another fast, they collapse, they can't take it. Because they are already light. So even and air is very light, you make them lighter than the nice. It actually, they've If you are going on a bat, so check this out. So let's say, let's take Patmanava as an example. This is Patmanava, Vata, Pita and Kafa. Okay? So let's say Patmanava is coming, has come here to go in the valley and is managing the reception and his Vata has gone up because he's very stressed out. Okay? If I tell Patmanava to do a juice fast when his Vata is up, he won't be able to do it. Have you, been, have you been through this? If you have this experience that when you are stressed out, you want to do, you want to adjust your food, you cannot do it. You start in the morning, you know, all fired up, and then in the evening you start eating chocolate and fried food. Yeah, because your vata can't take it. So when vata is high, if you go to an Ayurvedic clinic, if they diagnose that your vata is high, they never make it fast. In fact, they give you a lot of comfort food. So that they bring the vata down, and then you can fast, then you can do a detox. So as a general rule, if you are stressed out, if you are nervous, if you are fearful, if you are worried about something, you won't be able to fast.
2: Okay. If you want to decrease with that example, it will, how long will you take? Like in one week you can decrease fat and then go to
0: the dogs. That's a very bitter question, how long <laughs> will it take to decrease my fat? <laughs> It will take as much as time it should take. <laughs> it shouldn't, you can't calculate this things. It's not, you know, there is no formula for this. OK? Because vata is light.? Okay? So when, you, when your body, even if you are categorized under something else, when your body, when vata is high in you, you're going to feel lightness you know you're going to feel nervous that nervous energy is Vata energy so you have to so look a big part of this probably the most important principle in know this is this know yourself you have to be very aware of your body and you have to be very aware of your mind what is it right now When you are aware, whether your vata is up, or your pita is up, or your kapha is up, you are aware that following a certain guidelines you can actually heal, you can actually progress, you can actually take steps that are not against universal, that are not against natural principles. Because one recipe does not fit everybody. That's one thing you have to know. One recipe will not. what is good for me today, at this moment, may be the worst thing for Katharmanabe, at this moment. And maybe the worst thing for, maybe the best thing for Darren too. Who knows? So if you are aware of how your body reacts to certain things, I notice for example, my Vata is high this, this day. I'm sorry, apologize, oh, no, I didn't turn my phone. I, how you call it, I notice that my vata is high, this is why, because whenever I eat fruits in the morning, I feel cold and I feel bloated, so I stop, then I eat something warm. So another characteristic of this that you should write down, which is very important, I'm going to erase this, okay? Vata is cold and light Pitta is hot and humid sorry not like dry cold and dry Pitta is hot and humid and Kapha is Cold and humid. Cold and dry, hot and humid, and cold and humid. So for example, if you're a purely vata person, okay? Cold food stuff don't really agree with you. Because you're already cold. And you're already dry. Okay? If you're a pita person, The cold stuff actually agrees with you. So pita do very good, for example, in raw food diets. Who here has done raw food? One, two. How did it go when you did raw food? I
2: loved it. I actually
0: struggled here eating cooked food. Yeah, pita, right? I have no idea. Yeah, I can tell you. All right. (laughs) So when you are pitas, when you are a lot of heat, raw food is actually really good. It will agree with you. One of the first things it will do is will calm your pitaderm. But if you're a vata, if you do a raw food diet, you get sick. I know a lot of vata girls who go on raw food diet. In fact, uh, there was a two years ago in South America there was this huge incident on Instagram. This girl who was a proponent of raw food, you know, raw vegan food, on top of that, she was caught fishing. You know,
1: <laughs> you know? <Robana>. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: She was caught. She went to Bali and some girl filmed her, and she was eating fish. And her whole Instagram, five million follower account, was based on that she was a raw foodist and a vegan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the vegans, they can be quite nasty, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so they really humiliate. I've never seen such public humiliation. But, you know, she's quite tough. She still keeps going. But uh, she started saying how raw food made her, made her sick, actually. When she came out and confessed, she said, yeah, I'm eating meat and fish now. And then she, her excuse is raw food made me sick. Yeah, of course raw food is going to make you sick. I can see you are a person, it's pita, but with a complete vata, vata imbalance, you are going to eat raw food, it's going to make you sick. You are actually not listening to your body. And she said, for quite a few months while I was eating raw food, I didn't feel good. Yeah, that's a signal. Your body telling you this is not good for you. Okay? But if you are a pita person, yogis that are pita, they can live on raw foods, for years and years, and they, they don't get affected. You can Google him. It's a, there's a hundred, he passed away a few years ago, but he lived up, up to, he was 102 years old, this yogi from the Himalayas. Pretty far out person, you know? And when they asked him, what's your diet?" He said, I've been eating raw food for the past 50 years. No problem. Okay, so because the pita God is hot, Cold foods are good foods, foods that have got a cold component, a cold effect are very good. Okay. And Kafas they also feel very cold. Okay. So these two, so you can actually see a lot of pitas, Kafas here by how cold they are. You know?
2: Sorry. So is this that cause I did that Chopra test, but I don't know how accurate really it was a long time ago. And one of the questions was like that your hands and feet are often cold. Yeah. Those are
0: symbols of Vata's or Kafas. Uh, okay like Pitas usually have hot feet who here has hot feet i have hot feet you have okay. hot feet warm socks <laughs> <laughs> without socks <laughs> <laughs> so a very typical pita in the winter would cover his whole body except his feet no, I
1: was I did
0: wolf but I was living in Bali and I was fine. And then when I came back to Australia, it was not okay. Probably because of the heat in Bali. Just, yeah. So the environment also has an. Of course. Effect. So in in summer, okay. So these are the these are the. Let's
1: talk a little
0: bit about the seasons, okay? So for example, what's a pita
2: season? Winter. <laughs> no. Winter is <laughs> be nice. So, in winter, it will be nice. I I I reply from <laughs> Hot is bad.
0: Okay. So, summer is a pita season. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's hot, right? So, then after summer, you get autumn. Autumn is what? Kafa. Vata season.
2: <laughs> but it's dry. Windy.
0: <laughs> of course, it's dry and windy. Air. Isn't it rain? Well,
2: autumn
0: is not a rain season. Okay. Then you have got winter. Winter is what? Yeah. A kafa season. And then you've got spring. Spring is what? Perfect. <laughs> it's a three dosha season. Okay. That's why everybody likes winter uh, spring. Okay. So pizzas in summer they feel extremely hot, so they have to cool themselves. Kafas in summer, in winter, they feel extremely cold, so they have to heat up themselves. And Vata's in autumn, because of the air and because of all this, it actually affects them a lot. So, Sankhya philosophy views everything, and Ayurveda views everything in terms of of these doshas. Times of the day, for example. (laughs) So, from 3 o'clock in the morning, till 7 in the morning, it's the Vata period of the day. That's when the world starts moving. Movement, right? Vata. Mm -hmm. So if you observe here, if you wake up at 3, 4 o'clock, depending on the season, if you start looking in the grass, all the worms start moving everything begins to wake up. Okay, and around five, all the birds start making a lot of noise. Six, you have the bird song and all that. So that's the Vata time of the day. It's recommended if you want to feel a lot of Prana, a lot of energy, that you wake up during the Vata period of the day. If you wake up after the Vata period, you feel groggy. It's good to wake up when the universe wakes up. Okay? Then from 7 till 12 is the kafa period of the day. Okay? It is recommended that at this time you do most of your work. This is your productive hours. If you focus at that time, you will achieve much more. Okay? Then at 12, from 12 till 3 is the pitta time of the day. The sun is at its maximum. So all the heat if the sun comes to you. Your digestion is at its best. Time. So it's recommended that you have your lunch, a good lunch so that this food. Your digestion it the pitta time. Okay? Is that different for the different
1: doshas? Like-
0: no, everybody will go, you will experience Pitta during this time. You will experience Kapha during this time. You, you will experience Vata during this time. It just depends on your dosha. You are going to process it differently. But the experience is universal. Then from 3 till 7 approximately, another Vata period comes. This period is good for creativity. If you want to paint, if you want to compose, if you want to write music, if you want to make cakes, decorate, all that, recommend it. All artistic pursuits are done with do this time. You know Pablo Neruda? Mm-hmm. He was a uh, Nobel Prize winner in literature, poet from Chile. Josefeson here, right? All Chileans are proud of <laughs> <laughs> Very proud of and, uh So there is, a, there is a conversation with him and Garcia Marquez in Spain. Garcia Marquez is another Nobel Prize winner in literature. He wrote Hundred Years of Solitude. Good book you should read. And uh, they met in Spain. So Garcia Marquez relates how they meet. You know? and one thing that he describes so Neruda had lunch you know and after having lunch he took a nap and at 3 o'clock he woke up he sat down on his desk he took a green pen, <coughs> and he wrote poems from 3 o'clock till 6 o'clock in the evening non-stop and he did that for 40 years of his life Every day from 3 to 6, he would just sit down and write poems, it doesn't matter what. He wrote so thousands and thousands, one tenth of his poems were published. But he actually wrote a lot. So besides the discipline, somehow or another, he connected with this Vata period of the day. Somehow. Okay? From 7 p.m. Till 10 p.m. is the kafa period of the day. It is recommended that di- at this point you take rest, you relax, you gather like that, you talk about philosophy, about things. Your work you do it in the morning. But now here you start settling in so that you can have good sleep. And it is recommended that you go to sleep at this time. Okay? And from 10 p.m. till 3 p.m., there is a pita period of the day. 3 a.m. Yeah, 3 a.m. It's a pita period of the day. You get activated again. So have you ever had this experience that at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, you're really tired, but you don't go to sleep? You know, and you're spacing out, running around like that and then 10 o'clock hits and all of a sudden you're awake. And even though you were tired, you cannot go back to sleep, it's because you entered the pizza period of the day. Your body, your mind got activated. And if you're awake, usually at 11 sort of o'clock you start raiding the refrigerator. Because pita, you get very hungry. You start eating around 11 to midnight. Okay. So could this
2: also be like, let's say you went to bed at before 10 o'clock, does that mean that when Peter activates, you have like heaps of dreams and stuff?
0: No, actually, if you are asleep, when, when the Peter period comes, you go on what they call REM sleep, mm-hmm. rapid eye movement sleep. That's your deep sleep. And that is actually your rejuvenating sleep, because Peter is rejuvenating. So if you want to have like a beauty sleep, for all the girls, if you want to have like really good skin, you have to be sleep during the PETA period, okay? Cosmetologists, they recommend that too. That only during, only during this period, you can get deep REM sleep. And not, you don't get it any other time, only during that period. You know that's why you know some people they say I'm a night person. No, that's not true. What actually happens is you have conditioned yourself to be awake during the Pita time. That's what a night person is. It's actually really easy, especially if you're a Pita, to be awake during this. One of my biggest pitta, one of the biggest battles in my life is to be asleep during this period. (laughs) You get up at ten o'clock, all your ideas come and somebody writes a message, that's <laughs> it. If you check the phone, if you check, that's it. You cannot, you start going and going, it's really hard. So if you're a pika, you would, you, would, you would identify with that. But if you're actually asleep at that time, when you wake up and you follow this, you know, the times among the periods of my life that I've been very strict at following all this, okay, have been extremely productive. Just being productive during the katha period is really good.
2: Mm-hmm. Is it
0: the best time to study at Study is good during the bata period. Mm-hmm. Any other question?
1: You said uh, period during the night is where you get deep REM sleep. Right, Aryan. I was under the impression that REM sleep is actually more surface-level sleeping when you're closest to consciousness, more closer to consciousness, and
0: then the deep is actually more of a blank out space. All right, then I, I will qualify my statement. Okay. <laughs> it's actually a rejuvenating sleep. Got it. In, uh, in Ayurveda, rejuvenating sleep, it's considered deep sleep.
1: Yeah,
0: that makes sense. The other sleep, the blank, the blackout sleep, it's actually considered tamasic. So Ayurveda doesn't recommend that type of sleep. Because if you are, if you notice, if you're asleep during the Vata period, if you wake up at seven, eight, or nine o'clock, it's actually tamastic sleep. Mm. Because you don't feel energetic. Mm. So when Ayurveda talks about deep sleep, actually it refers to conscious sleep. <coughs> almost closer to yoga oh, okay. Because that's when your body rejuvenates. And your subconscious also drinks out the things that needs to get out of it. It's, you know, like if you're having a problem and if you're asleep during the pita period, your dream will actually be some kind of catharsis for the problems that you are having during the day. Okay? So, profound sleep according to your which considers that kind of sleep. Any other question? the yeah very good very good question really good question so so we don't have all have our individual doses right now, regardless of your individual dosha, the times of the day will affect you, and regardless of the, your individual dosha, the seasons will also affect you. Okay. But Ayurveda also divides your lifespan into these three categories. So, from the time you are born till 20.
1: Like huh? It's hard to read.
0: From the time you are born till around 25, you are in the kapha period of your life. Kapha, because it's solid, kapha governs the muscles, the bones, your developmental structure. So when you are developing your body, when you are growing, that's the kapha period of your life. So regardless of whatever dosha you are from. You are born till 25, you are in your katha period, okay? From 25 till 50, you are in your pitta period. Now understand this, pitta is fire. What's one of the qualities of fire? Action. Action. Anger. Action. Work. Angry. Angry. <laughs> <laughs> fire transforms. Fire, actually, one of the qualities of fire is transformation. So you have got this sound system here. I put fire, it completely transforms it. completely changes. I take food, any kind of food. I add fire to it, different degrees of fire, it completely transforms it. Okay, so one of the qualities of fire is transformation, change. It creates transformation, it creates change. So during this period of, the, of your time, during this, this is when you're supposed to transform your the world, transform your community, transform your life. You know, so this is the time when people make babies, families, create companies, enterprises, etc., etc. It's the peter period, okay? And from 50 till you die, you enter the bata period of your time, of your life. So vata, regardless of what happens after feet fifty, your vata goes up. That's why you feel cold. Even though you're a Peter person. Now because how old are you? Next year. Seventeen. Seventeen, very good. You're very young for seventeen. Next week? Next year. Or next year. So you at seventy, you're entering you're in, in the middle of your vata period. So you will see Vata, Vata gets very high. So you see old people, You know their if you yell at an old person, you know, they get all frustrated. Because their Vata is very high. If you yell at a Vata person, regardless of whether they are old or old, they get very frustrated. Vata people don't like to be yelled. At. A lot of Vatas, they are very scared of the Pitas, because the Pitas yell a lot, okay? Okay, so now we'll go into detail of the emotional characteristics of the doctor. This is for your fun defense. But I have to explain to you all this so that you, get a, so that you have a basis. Okay? So, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Okay? Vata is movement, Pitta is intensity, and Kapha is non-movement, or inertia. So all emotions that are intense, they will be Pitta emotions. So if you are a Pitta person, your proclivity, your inclination is to feel intense emotions. So, for example, achieving something for a kitta is very important. Sorry. Oh,
1: sorry.
0: Yes, they like food So, achieving is very important. Success is very important for a pita. Who here is a pita? Who here like it, is addicted to success? Come on, Dad. I
2: think it's me. I
1: think it's
0: Stefania, you, Padma, you know. For, for a bit, psychologically speaking, for a bit, person, success is very important. So you cannot deny that in yourself. So again, the primary axiom of Ayurveda is know yourself. you're born with this instinct because that intensity of achievement becomes very important ok? what's another intense emotion? positive, not negative excitement excitement, very good so pitas they love excitement they love to feel excited. Okay? one of the main things about a Peter is they don't like to be bored. If they get bored, they're out. But the, the moment a Peter begins to get bored in a relationship, he or she, they're out. Something has to keep them going. If you're a balanced Peter. A lot of your excitement, you will get from intellectual stimulation. For the fetus here, you see, they're all nodding their heads. For them, intellectual stimulation is very important. One of the things pitas hate is boring conversations. Okay? They hate boring conversations. They can't stand it. It actually annoys them, it upsets them. Because it really kills that excitement. For a pita, a conversation must be exciting. Mm -hmm. Must take you to Mm -hmm. places. So, these are positive, actually. These are not negative. Let's talk a a, a bit about the vata emotions. Consider movement. Okay, vata, they move a lot.
2: Like,
1: no, lots of ideas.
0: Huh? Ideas. Creativity. So Bhattas tend to be very creative because their mind is constantly moving. So a Bhatta has a lot of ideas. A will come to the kitchen and tell you all kinds of suggestions how to improve. They won't be able to do it.
1: But I'll tell you
0: how to do it. Very creative. Okay, what else is for the Bhatta?
1: Flexible.
0: Huh? Flexibility, if you are balanced, but what is that movement and emotion? Think about it. It's
2: like traveling and stuff.
0: Traveling, adventure. Mm-hmm. Traveling, adventure. And and Unplanned.
2: Like why why why
0: yeah, spontaneity. Vatas, they love to be spontaneous. They don't love to plan. So once I I, I I met this couple, he was a kaffa and she was a Vata. And her idea of a holiday was, you don't know where you go, you buy the ticket the previous night, you fly the next day into the city, and from the airport you figure out where you stay. You go to a hotel, whatever it is that you do, you figure it out from the airport. His idea of a holiday was, we have to plan the holiday one year in advance, okay? And we have to, you know, know exactly where we're going. We have to have a very fixed itinerary. Mm-hmm. I you know they were friends, but I could see them. <laughs> that idea would freak her out. To have to plan a holiday one year in advance, it was crazy. You plan it one day maximum two days before. So spontaneity is very good it's it's that they like spontaneity. What else? Existentialism. <laughs> no. Is that a, like, existentialism? No. That potentially. In one of the versions? More pitas, pitas are more existential. Pitas oh. they like to question everything. They'll question whether we are here talking or not? They'll question whether we're dreaming right now. What else? One more. One more Batam characteristic trait. They're jolly. No jolly, jolly. They are. They are always, you know. And they are expressive in the lives Make I'm not making fun of her, but you yeah. would talk to her. She was like, you
1: know,
0: well, "How are you?" They they are joy. They express that joy. That joyful. Okay? So let's go now to kafa. What's a good kafa, non-movement emotion? Sleep. Calm. Sleep. sleep. Calm. Stability. Steadiness. Reliability, loyalty, those are kafa so A Kapha <coughs> friend is actually a very loyal friend. A kafa, a kafa, you know, a kafa person is very steady, very stable. They like planning ahead, like I was telling you. They like plan. they like to... You know, they take their time making their decisions. Kaffas are kinesthetic. Anybody has here studied NLP? Nobody? Yeah. NLP? Good. So you see that in NLP they divide the people into three categories. Kinesthetic, visual, and auditory. Auditory. So kafas are kinesthetic, pitas are visual, and vatas are auditory.
1: What? Is there a way
2: that you can be like, let's say, 40% Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, everybody. yeah, everybody, yeah, not 40%, you'll be 40, 40, and 20.
2: Yeah, but like, that you're two of the same, like,
0: equal. Yeah, 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 it would th- be the same. We'll go on to it. We have time. But let me explain you to this. So what does kinesthetic mean? That kappa's process their thoughts through their body. Mm-hmm. That's what a kinesthetic person is. A kinesthetic person is somebody who processes their thoughts through their physical body. So it's not really a set kapha person here. You're kinesthetic? Yeah. So for example, if I start telling uh, Melody, right? If I start talking to Melody like, look Melody, today I went to Stanwell Park. And I sat there in front of the ocean. It was very windy, and you know, the ocean was roaring. I'm describing this to her. She's not really seeing the ocean. If she's kinesthetic, she'll start feeling the sensations of what it's like to be in the ocean. So you go through, your, so you, you process your thoughts through your body, it's called kinesthetic. That's why Kafka people, they're very slow in their, in their speech. Because first they have to process it in their body, and then they tell it. So sometimes Kafka storytellers, I have a friend who calls me on the phone, Kafka on the phone, is the a friend. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, a little bit cold, but so that's what they thought. Because they are feeling it, they are processing it through their body. Okay. So if you have a Kapha friend, if you have a Kafa uh, family member, you have to be, you have to understand they are not slow. They are actually feeling. what my sons is Kafa. people, So it's very chill, beautiful. But when he talks, it's that. I want to do this because I understand his feeling it very sense. Kafa kinesthetic people are very sensitive. Pitas are visual. What does it mean? They see They see the picture. They process their thinking in terms of pictures. Okay, they see things. So that's why Pitas are, are speakers actually. They can be good public speakers. Because they see the picture and they are communicating the picture. So Pitas are visual people. So whenever I do a meditation, I always say, you know, I, I used to do a course in South America, I used to teach, I, do, I used to do a teacher training for meditators, so that people could lead meditation, class. So one of the things I, I used to tell them, explain this to them, is like when you're leading a meditation and when you see, now visualize, now you see, the people immediately are seen. But then you also have to say, now you feel it. Because the kafas are not seen. But if you say "kafas," now you feel it, then they feel it. Okay. So pitas are visual. And vatas are auditory. They process their thoughts through sound. They hear and they talk, they hear and they talk, they hear and they talk. That's why vata people, they talk a lot. They don't stop. Vata storytellers. Because they, are, they hear and speak, they hear and speak. Pitas, they see and they speak. And kafas they feel and they speak. Okay, any questions? this would be kind of like your map. Okay. So, your prominent element would always be Peter. That doesn't change. Okay. But it depends whether the Peter is balanced or imbalanced. That's actually the first. Thing. So, let's talk a little bit. Now we go into more on, of a therapeutic setting. Okay. All right. So let's say. Your pita is out of balance for whatever reason. You know, somebody stressed you out. You know. you know what? What really throws pita's out of balance is when they feel betrayed. You, know. you cheat on a pita girl. Oh, <laughs> you know. when a pita girl feels betrayed, you know, especially in love, but anything actually, it really throws the pita out. The pita shoots like this through the roof. Okay? So let's say something happens and your pita is out of balance. It is the imbalance that is going to make changes here or here. For example, a very typical thing if you're a pita, you would not, and I've been guilty the that. you use food to balance your pita. Okay? So if you're an honest pita, you have done this at one point. When your, your pitta is out of balance, you take a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of carbohydrates, because carbohydrates, uh, I don't have time to go into this taste, but the sweet taste will bring the pita down, so a lot of pasta, a lot of <laughs> pizza, huh? a lot of chocolate, a lot of sweets, you know, so then your, your kaffa will go up. And then, if you are afraid of putting too much weight or doing, getting sick or whatever, then your Vata will go up. So, the difference in the reactions come actually from the imbalance, not from the balance.
1: No.
0: So, if your pita is up, or your Vata is up, or your is up, you will react to the same. Uh, to the same situation differently. A, pita, a balanced pita person, especially a, a balanced <coughs> spiritual person. He's driving down the road or she's driving down the road and somebody yells, I came on her, you know. If the pita is balanced, they will go, oh, I feel compassionate towards you. Namaste. That's when the pita is balanced. When the pita is in balance and somebody is yelling at them on the road, oh, you know, all kinds of <laughs> fingers go up. Like that truck driving down there. Yeah, yeah. Even oh, no, I was to my I didn't indicate something, and the guy was just... He wanted to get, track. he wanted to stop the truck and beat him up. <laughs> he was so if, he, <laughs> if he could, he would have done that. Luckily, <laughs> we were in a roundabout. <laughs> But you understand, it's, it's the balance or the imbalance that will dictate that. It's the imbalance or the imbalance that will dictate how you are going to react to a particular situation. That's actually what it is, you know. Excess pita, oof. And it's the same thing with the kafas, the same thing with the vatas. So, as a general rule, general rule, vata imbalance becomes, makes very fearful. When vata is out of balance, you become very fearful. Okay? Everything is cursed, as a general rule. When Pita is out of balance, you become angry, as a general rule. And when Kapha is in balance, you become very lazy. So if you're feeling a lot of inertia in your life, if you're feeling that you're not getting out, if you're feeling that you're stuck somewhere, it's because your Kapha is out of balance. So if you're not getting that step forward, something, you know. If you're angry, actually, you know, if you, a typical trait of an imbalanced Peter is they blame everybody else. It's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. Trump, Obama, <laughs> you, know, you know, Scott Morrison. See all the Peters in their post books when they are angry, you know, they start blaming, they're very politically opinionated. Everybody else. That anger makes you blame everyone, and Vata actually they become very afraid. They, they worry a lot. Imbalanced Vata you tend to worry a lot. So then your perception of the world, your perception of the interactions, get by gets colored by these things. Whereas when you are balanced, a Vata is very creative, a pita is very entrepreneurial, but also a pita is also very generous. All the charities are mostly started by Pitta people. You look at it, you look at all the charities in the world, they are started by Pitta people. Because when they are in balanced, they actually like to give, they are very generous people. Okay. And kafas, they are very steady, very loyal and very calm. So then the interactions with the world will be colored through this. That's why it's so important to actually keep balance. Probably one of the most important things. Like if a pita keeps balance, just that, the fact that keeps balance, then his whole interaction with the world changes completely. When you mean balance, you just mean the pita aspect, or you mean you keep balance your water, your pita, and your cup? The three, the three.
1: Now it becomes even
0: more complicated, but. Not really. So let's talk about balance. So before I send you the test, we'll we'll talk about balance, okay? So it's basically very simple. It's not that hard. Vata people, they get balanced by discipline, which they hate. (laughs) But if you're a vata person, or if your vata is out of balance, discipline is what balances you. So you know what really balances a vata? to eat every day, three meals at the same time. Eight, one, seven. If a Vata does that, if they just every day, whether they are hungry or not, because vatas they tend to eat only when they are hungry. If they are hungry or not, it doesn't matter. You sit down, eight o'clock, take a deep breath and eat your food, one o'clock, just that, you do that for 21 days, your Vata becomes very steady. I've done it. Tried on, on some students. You know, they cry because it's like crazy. But for a vata to actually be that regulated, it's very hard. It's not easy. But if they do that, if they wake up at the same time every day, go to bed at the same time every day, do exercise, do yoga. That's why vatas do very good in this kind of community, in ashram settings, because it regulates them. Okay, Peter. ok, they get balanced by focus if a kid has focused, has got a particular set of activities to do and all the attention goes in there all the frustration and anger goes away all that energy, all that energy that goes into frustration and anger goes into the object of concentration and that creates value that cools them up, okay? And a kafa is balanced by movement. If you're feeling lethargic, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling that you cannot move forward, go for a run. Just move, breathe, move, breathe. Do that three, four days, you will see. If you're feeling depressed, minute. All the clinical literature, they support this. If you're feeling depressed because depression is a kapha imbalance. Just go for a run, or go for a swim, or go for a walk.
1: So, are some of the negative qualities of kapha things like greed and
0: clinging? Klinging. Greed is a pita thing. Kaphas, they get very clingy and they get very attached. It's a Vata thing. When Vata is out of balance, it creates stress. And Peters goes both ways. They get depressed and they get very stressed. Peters don't have it easy. Actually. They oscillate between stress and depression if they're imbalanced. Yeah, who gets it
1: easiest?
0: Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, the kafas they wish to be Peters. The batas, they wish to be cajas, it's a whole mix. Let's talk about beauty. What body type is, what female, all the girls, okay? What uh, female body type is celebrated today as beauty? The bata body type, right? All the skinny girls. I remember I was doing a conference like this in South America. And one student of mine, she's a pita, and she said, like, I was sick, and I said, hey, but you have got a picture about it.' And then she goes, yes, I want a bottle. <laughs> you
1: know?
0: Whereas if you look at the Renaissance pictures, Michelangelo, you know, look at those pictures, what what was the body type of beauty there? Compass. Compass. isn't it? Big waist, big breasts. Curves. Curves. <laughs> <laughs> it changes, right? So none of them have the it. It just oscillates. We want, you know. If you are a bata, you want pita muscles. You know. So a bata girl, you know, they get stressed because they don't, they don't have enough muscles, etc., etc., etc. So nobody has it. But it is not that difficult to achieve balance. That's the point. Any other question? Yeah, very good. Movement. So let's talk about yoga for example. Vata's they do really well with static yoga, traditional Hatha or Yin yoga for example. Vata's they do very well holding a posture for one minute, two minutes, even four minutes. Because Vata's are moving, if you hold a posture for a long time, you know, that will bring you Vata down. Okay, Kafas do really well with dynamic yoga. Ashtanga yoga, power yoga, movement, they do really well. The, if you look at Ashtanga yoga, you know Patavi yoga is Ashtanga yoga school. The long term students that he has are all Kafas. Also because uh, Kafas have, have got strong hips and ashtanga yoga and all those power yogas are very, they're very tough on the hips. So the Purvatas and the people, they actually, they get injured a lot. A lot, the knees and hips, they get injured a lot, but their their kapha hips, they can do all those salutations, they can do all those vinyasas. Okay, so dynamic yogas is very good for kaphas. Movement, breath, kundalini yoga, for example. All that Bastrika, all that breath of fire, all that is really good for a Not that great for Vata's. I've had students, Vata students of mine who have done two Kundalini Yoga classes and they've ended up in the hospital. And I go, it might not be so great for you. Vata, you already have got too much air. You know, you do all this. It's not gonna be great for you. Two days later, they're coming from the hospital. So yeah, and you get Haki pitas, they do really good with traditional hatha. A younger yoga is particularly good for pitas, because a younger yoga is very precise, and very obsessed. You know, one thing it here, one thing it there, you do this, you do that, and pitas they love it. They love that. Therefore, pita you do a yoga or hatha yoga, traditional hatha, is actually good for.
1: See for example in this situation, if I go to an Ayanga class, I specifically go just to learn alignment and but none not nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Because after a Yangir class, if I'm going there because I want to sit in meditation, that just
0: increases my I guess it stresses you out. Yeah, it stresses me out because the purpose of where I'm going is
1: specifically aligned. But if my intention is different because of meditation, yeah. then I become out of balance. So that is why now I'm struggling with applying it practically to my life because it's the factors that are important for me is first maintaining awareness in each situation and then second understanding my attention in each situation as well in order to understand how I'm applying all these vata-mitakapa
0: in my life so it seems that for example the obsessiveness of a younger throws your butt out of balance
1: yeah, if my
0: intention is meditation. No, but even if it wasn't meditation, just the obsessiveness, too much obsessiveness, it seems it will throw you out of balance. Too much talking. Too much. Oh, that obs- yeah, obsessiveness, like, that too much, mm-hmm. which for some pitas they actually they thrive on. it As a general rule, pitas they thrive on obsessiveness. For example, you see, yeah, you see chefs that are pitas, they're crazy. <laughs> they are actually crazy, you know, they, Massimo Bottura, you know, Italian chef, one of the top chefs in the world. You know Massimo Bottura? No, I don't know him. You don't know him? <laughs> He's an Italian, very famous <laughs> Italian. But it if him... the chef in Italy, are crazy. Yeah, yeah, but especially Italian. <laughs> you should see there is a Netflix uh, documentary about him. It takes him four days to make raviolis. Oh my god. <laughs> four days! And he only serves you five raviolis with some sauce or whatever, but it takes him four days to do that, and he talks about it. And you see the passion, how they talk about it. I mean, even if I go there, my vata would work, <laughs> you understand. So it just depends, so one of the things that a pitta has to do is measure the level of obsessiveness. That's one of the primary things a pitta has to do, you have to know how much obsessiveness is good for you, and how much obsessiveness simply throws you out of balance. Because a certain amount of obsessiveness is good for a pita. It gives you discipline, it gives you focus, it gives you attention, it actually makes you satisfied because you do good things. But then when that goes out... um, So in my life also I had to measure my level of obsessiveness. So when I look at Padma cooking, I say, all right, this is my friend, I'm not going to get upset. (laughs) But
1: I'm also a why am I not?
0: But I'm actually
1: particular in my own way. I'm not random. Like when I make my idea, you
2: think I'm totally random. But I'm particular about it.
0: I don't know about that. I don't
1: know. <laughs> like you would say, like,
0: let's put coriander there as well. That's not in my plan. Anyway. No, but I would tell you to put one teaspoon of coriander. And I would tell you to measure it or to weigh it. 10 grams of coriander. Because 15 grams of coriander would alter the taste of the dish.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you understand that is
0: the pit obsession. So you have to measure. It. For and every obsession is individual. For Massimo Bottura, that level that he has taken, that is okay for him because that's extreme pit, extreme fire. Any other question? Last question. Yeah, okay. I have, sorry, I yeah, have one. Um, I don't know if this has
2: any real correlation to this, but let's say that, does this have any sort of link with, like, astrology, like, let's say the very astrology. So, like, let's say you're a pita and you're a fire and then you also happen to be, like, a fire sign. This
0: have, like, does this mix together, or is this just like... A you video? have to be a really good astrologer to be able to mix it, but yes, you
2: can. So, like, would this affect you even more? Like, let's say you're Pita and then
0: you're Leo. So yes. does that mean that you're, like, even... A Pita Leo. <laughs> be careful with <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, sure. A Leo sign that is a Pita. You have to be a little bit cautious when you talk to him. <laughs> <can get> <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be a really good astrologer in order to define it. So on that topic, is it good for them to kind of counterbalance? So if you've got a lot of like fire
1: elements... Yeah? Mm-hmm. Hang on, I'll do it in reverse. Okay, so I'm dating a Taurus Peter. <laughs> 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 so they, they're quite contrary, because Peter's very fire
0: these elements that but Taurus can be very fine because you see areas and taurus they're pretty similar. Aries is a pita sign. And they're very close. Taurus is actually a bigger sign. sign. But yes, but actually torus taurus fit as they can they're, they're rather than being inclined towards unbalanced, they're inclined towards balance. Because of the earth element. Oh. So the inclination is more to be steady, to be family with people, to have relationships, steady relationships, that's more the inclination. And every speaker, they like to play the field, you know, they like to date loud, they like to do because of the fire attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, but the character is <laughs> Any other person. So look, perhaps we conclude with this. All this is very important because of this, because of the following. That at the end of the day, you have to walk through your life accepting yourself. One of the most pernicious subconscious ideas that a person can have is walking through life wishing there was someone else or wishing there was something else so one of the first things that yoga teaches you one of the first things that Ayurveda teaches you is ok, we give you a map this is the Vata Pitta map, you know so we have come through a lot of that map mm-hmm. see where you fit and accept that. because acceptance is the basis of self-love. You
1: want to love yourself?
0: You have to accept yourself. You have to love someone? You want to love somebody? You have to accept the other person. That's it. So, in its wider sense, in its broader sense, knowing yourself should result in the consequence of accepting yourself. That should be the natural consequence. We'll do a meditation on this and we'll finish. So, let's stand up. is an acceptance, okay, acceptance. So we close our eyes, we take a deep inhale, exhale, we take a deep inhale again, exhale, we take a deep inhale again, exhale. And breathe, we bring our awareness to this present moment. We bring all our attention to this present moment. And if there are any thoughts that are distracting you, that's all right. You can put them aside. And again, you take a deep breath, inhale, exhale. And inhale again. Exhale, and before any meditation, we will just do some meditation on prana, on energy. Take a deep inhale again, exhale. your arms and elbows are straight abstract Deep inhale again, exhale, and you can open your eyes and have a sit, and then close your eyes again. Again, bring your attention to this present moment. Feel your body. Feel your presence. meditation. It's a meditation and acceptance. accept life as it is. Let's meditate on this for a few moments. What does it mean to accept life as it is? particular moment of time and space, in time and space, there are so many things beyond our control, we accept them as they are, we don't fight them, that does have been passive all it means is that you are aligning yourself what life has brought before you My desires, my longings on what life is. I embrace life as it is. Whatever God has given you, you accept it. fight who I am. Blessings that life has given me. five years of your life in complete acceptance of who you are imagine what's like to be five years of your life satisfied with who you are but at the same time progressing, advancing, taking those steps forward how is your life, how, you? how will your life depth of our heart, we express gratitude for all that life has given us, all the blessings, all the gifts, all the lessons that life has given us. Even in our hardest moments, even in our deepest challenges, life is blessing. grateful for all the love that life gives us. We're grateful for all the love that is in our lives. Take a deep inhale. Stay here, I just stay here right now. And when you are ready, you can open your Right? Thank you very much for coming. See you next
1: time.